you're here with your boy Ryan. Welcome to my Renaissance podcast. Today I'll have a few special guests who I'll get to in a little bit. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the Renaissance. This age and time brought many ups and downs. The Renaissance brought many artistic things, and just like what Renaissance means, it was a rebirth. City-states in Italy were becoming very wealthy because of their position in the Mediterranean, which made the Italian peninsula the central trading hub of the Northern Hemisphere. I'm sorry, excuse me, the Eastern Hemisphere. Now enough of me. Let's get to our first guest, Dr. Del Toro. I don't know how to say that, so excuse me, you guys. Welcome to my podcast, sir. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Uh, No problem. What will you be telling me about today? Today I'm going to be talking about how feudalism ended. Perfect, perfect. Let's get started. First, what does feudalism really mean? Well, feudalism, Ryan, was the dominant social system in medieval Europe where a king would have knights, have nobles run plantations of agriculture, and the nobles would have peasants be working on the agriculture there. It's, a, it's basically a form of slavery, but the peasants had a place to live and they had their families with them. Very interesting. I love it, I love it, I love it. I need to hear more though. What was the Hundred Year War and how did it contribute to the end of feudalism? <laughs> Great question, Ryan, once again. Mm-hmm. The Hundred Years War was actually a 116 years war between Europe and France. This war kicked off because Charles IV of France died without a son in 1328, resulting in Edward III of England believing that he had a right to the throne. The war ended with England losing and no longer trying to invade France. The results of this war were farmlands being laid to waste, the population was decimated, and famine, which contributed to the Black Plague and the end of feudalism. Awesome topic, Doctor. A couple more questions and we'll get going here. What are a couple of things that ended feudalism? Another good question, Ryan. Two big events that helped end feudalism, along with the Hundred Years' War, was the Black Plague and the Great Schism. Now first, the Black Plague was a very dark time in European history, with multiple people dying due to famine and disease. This disease was also named the bubonic plague. The disease was spread through Europe from Asia through trading ships going into Europe. On those ships, there were um, black rats carrying the disease, which then entered Europe, <coughs> killing 25 million people, which was 60, which was, which was in 60% of cities and a third of Europe's population at the time. Now the Great Schism, on the other hand, was an event that helped ruin the church's reputation and end feudalism at the same time. The Great Schism happened when there were two popes, one from England and one from France, calling the other the Antichrist, which also helped ruin the church's population, which would lead into people not believing in the Christian faith anymore. Now the way this helped in feudalism was during this time the Hundred Years' War was still going on and there was still famine, 
and disease spreading through all over the place, nobles dying, and then people couldn't work on the agriculture. Awesome. Now, thank you for being on my show, Doctor. Thank Great you, Ryan. having you here. Thank you, Ryan. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Now, my next special guest, Ashton Soto. Hi, nice to be with you, Ryan. It's great to have you here. Now, what are you going to be discussing today? The Renaissance. The Renaissance. Perfect. What was the Renaissance? Well, the Renaissance was a spark of art and culture mm-hmm. in the um, 17th and, no, 14th through 17th century. Okay. Um, where did it begin at? It began in Florence, Italy. And, but later spread throughout Europe. Okay. Sounds like a very interesting period. Um, do you know what secularism is? Can you tell me about that? Uh, yes, secularism is the rejection of religion. So mm-hmm. people didn't exactly not believe in religion. They just didn't want to follow the rules. So mm-hmm. people were going against the church, so they decided to... Um, to uh, what should we call it? They decided to focus more on the real life mm-hmm. and art and beauty and science. So that's what led to the um, the Renaissance. Awesome. What are some events that happened in the Renaissance? Uh, events. There was the invention of the telescope mm-hmm. and the printing press and. Um, uh, there was the microscope. They also refounded the um, idea of the Earth revolving around the Sun instead of everything revolving around the Earth. Mm-hmm. And the church did not like that at all because it was against their beliefs. So they started to lock people up who were spreading those beliefs. Okay. What were some more scientific discoveries? Any more of those? Um, like I said, just like the telescope mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and the microscope. Um, Excellent. Okay. Well, it was great having you here. That was a very short time, but it was great to have you here. Oh, yeah, but I didn't tell you about the, um, the, uh, the artists and the scientific people. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm Mike, so sorry. There's Michelangelo. He was a... He built struck like sculptures. He was a sculptist, or yeah, and an artist. And uh, then there was Galileo. He was a uh, physicist. He created the uh, the term physics by uh, studying human. Well, he made the um, the uh, subject physics by studying human movement. And, um, well, art changed a lot during the Renaissance, too. It, um, people, when they had a religion, they were usually doing flat paintings. So, when they weren't doing religion, they decided to add, like, um, how do you call it? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perception perspective and they added shadows so you could see it was like a 3d painting so the renaissance was a pretty good era
Okay. Um, is that it? Is that all you have? Uh, I believe so. And there was a lot more, but this was just basically the... Excellent. It was great having you here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Now for my final guest. Gotta always save the best for last, of course. We have Jordan Garza here. How you doing, Jordan? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty great. So, what are you going to be talking to me about today? I'm going to be talking to you about the Protestant Reformation. Okay, okay. Um, so, tell me, what what is the Protestant Reformation? Man, where do I begin? Just from the beginning. Alright. In the late Middle Ages, the during the Renaissance, in the era of the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church was constantly being criticized for being corrupt. Mm. And many people would... Many people who wanted to take positions in the church did it for power, political power, not to get closer to their faith. And the the popes and other leaders of the church acted more like kings and princes than the than church leaders. Okay. And the church started to uh, being even more corrupt when they started offering indul- indulgences. Um, what is an indulgence? Indulgences are... It's basically like you pay to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. So the rich people would be able to pay the church to go to heaven to forgive them for their sins. Mm-hmm. But okay. not everyone had that type of money. So the common people, the poor people, thought it was unfair for them because they wanted to go to heaven, but they didn't have the money. So like, kind of started to distrust the church a little bit more okay um who who started the protestant reformation um i'm glad you asked that martin luther his, martin. he started the revolution in okay. he was a monk who posted his 95 theses theses of uh, <laughs> statements on the door their base his 95 theses were 95 things he found wrong with the church and he started doing that to challenge the Pope's right to sell indulgences. Okay. And Luther believed, though, that only one God and not the Pope or the church had the right to give salvation and forgiveness for sins. So he believed that God had the right, to, had the, God had the ability to choose who he would forgive for sin, not the church. So he, they don't have to pay to go to church, basically. That's what he believed. They don't have to pay to go to heaven. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, it's very interesting. Do you have anything more for me? Anything else you think we should know about this? Um. Huh? And for Luther also believed like, for people who were reading the Bible, he thought he thought he believed that the individual who's reading the Bible must read it to understand the Bible for like him or herself, not for anything else like to achieve true faith and understanding of the catholic church and god you must read it for your own reasons not for anybody else okay is that all Um, and when and for uh luther's writings against the pope the 95 theses the 95 things he found out at the church the Pope excommunicated Luther, basically expelled him from the church. 
So in defiance, Luther publicly burned the Pope's decrees. And he was, Luther was later summoned to appear before the Holy Roman Emperor, but he never showed up, and he was bound an outlaw. Okay. That's it. That's it. Awesome. It was great having you on the show, Jordan. Glad to be here. Awesome. Okay, you guys. Well, that's it for the Renaissance, the end of feudalism, and the Protestant Reformation. I hope you all guys enjoyed this podcast. Until next time, stay humble.